Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, this is my long rant powered by Bet America. It's the best way to bet. It's how I bet. Um, been working with Bet America all fall on some of my long shots and whatnot. You can check that out on uh, the Bet America app and betamerica.com. Uh, anyways, this week, you know, not a lot going on seemingly in the NFL. Uh, this is kind of that that dead period. Free agency hasn't started. We have a ways to go before that happens. Um, a lot of the firings and hirings all already happened. Uh, obviously, there's no games. The, the attention has shifted to the XFL, but I refuse to do five pods a week on the XFL. So we're going to talk about uh, some notable free agents, and we kind of pick some out of a hat a little bit um, because there's plenty that we could be talking about. There's a whole host of uh, big-time free agents, including uncharacteristically a bunch of quarterbacks, like franchise-type quarterbacks this year. Uh, none more notable than, uh, obviously, Tom Brady. We've gone over that uh, ad nauseum. I think uh, if there were another 10 teams in the league, we'd, we'd talk about 40, 42 possible destinations for Tom Brady. That's, I'm exhausted talking about it. Somebody's going to get it right. Somebody's going to guess the right landing spot uh, and play their take on loop for the next five years. Uh, but, you know, you throw enough shit on the wall, I uh, hope it sticks. Uh, I, I, I actually, it's, it's irresistible. I actually uh, am liking some of the steam picking up uh, when it comes to the Raiders rumor. The big question there would be, is Brady inclined to, to trust that John Gruden is going to uh, you know, loosen the, the constraints or the, uh, you know, he's going to be less less John Gruden and um, concede some of the offensive philosophy to, to Tom Brady. You know, that's, that's the one thing. I mean, there's Miami where I thought he might go, uh, and that was like kind of my long shot for Tom Brady's free agency destination. But in Miami, they hire Chan Gailey. Uh, that's restrictive in a lot of ways. Even a coach like John Gruden uh, might seem like a big win, but is John Gruden willing to bend uh, and, and change the way he does things for Tom. Interestingly, you look at, you go to up and down the West Coast because everybody's been talking about Tom. You've got San Francisco, where I think the problem isn't necessarily moving on from Jimmy G. You can con conceivably do that. Um, it's Tom Brady's ability to use his legs in that, in that offense, rolling out, uh, bootlegs, that sort of thing. All the action that comes off of that zone scheme, that stretch zone scheme. I'm not sure if Tom... Uh, not that he's not athletic, uh, is up for doing that a bunch of times a game. And I'm not sure that Shanahan is trying to mess a good thing up schematically uh, for, although he is the GOAT, a 43-year-old quarterback. Now you look at San Diego, I think that's a, that's a really good fit. It would be a really good fit for Tom, and, and people have talked about that. L.A., uh, well, <laughs> San Diego. L.A. South, uh, the Chargers. Now L.A., the, uh, the Rams football team, you know, they can't get out of Jared's shadow. It's just not happening. Um, that's what they're stuck with. And, you know, for better or for worse, Jared showed that he, he, he has a relatively high ceiling when everything's working around him. And it's on McVay to get, uh, get that operation rolling again. The interesting thing about LA and Vegas, for that matter, is it's about selling tickets. That's like, that's one of the biggest draws for me in Vegas uh, for Tom is, Never underestimate the, the power of selling tickets going into a new stadium and what one signing could do. And, and I think the Chargers fit this bill the best, the team that 
really if Philip Rivers is walking out the door, you have to figure they have a plan to make a splash because they have to sell tickets. Um, and, and that's proved, proven to be really hard at the, um, what are they calling that place? The fucking StubHub Center. Uh, and I've played at the StubHub Center. It's like a home game for away teams. Uh, so moving into the big stadium, they need to generate some excitement. Might not be the worst thing. You know, as you, as you go down the list, um, and by the way, there's, there's other destinations that aren't out of the question for Brady. Uh, Indy, Tennessee, New England. It's a different one. Um, that would be so Tom to do all this and then go back to New England. Um, but I just did what I said I wasn't going to do, which was talk about Tom Brady for a while. And we're going to talk about the other free agents. Other free agents matter too, Tom. There's a quarterback uh, named Drew Brees, uh, who I think everybody knows is going back to New Orleans. There's really no way, you know, I, I don't think there's a way he, he, he leaves. I, he's one of the least likely uh, movers in this entire group. You got to consider the things that people always say about Drew Brees. Well, they say, you know, he, he plays best indoor. Um, you know, you're going to play indoor, uh, you know, uh, much of the year in New Orleans. You're, you're practically, a li- uh, practically a lifer there. Nobody remembers uh, San Diego. And I said that one right because he was a San Diego charger. Um, and you've got Sean Payton, one of the greatest offensive geniuses this game has ever seen. Why would you leave that situation? Um, although it, it just feels like they can't quite get over the hump. My biggest worry with drew and him coming back is you know he is a year older and generally uh, as as players age you have a a good idea at least looking back at their last season to kind of project where their body's going to go the next year and i think this year was unique because drew came back and had more rest than ever i mean with that uh injury um to his his thumb he got a ton of rest that had nothing to do with his throwing arm, um, and that made him effectively fresher in December than he possibly, quite possibly, could have been the last four or five years. So projecting how he played late this year isn't doing you any good. It's kind of a crapshoot. You never know when the bottom's going to fall out on somebody. And I don't think Bree strikes me as a guy who, who wants to stick around too long. In fact, I'm fairly certain of that. I think, if anything, he's a retire-early guy. And, and if he comes back, I think that's an indicator. And this is a guy who knows himself very well. If he comes back, I think that that, that bodes well for Saints fans because that, that means he's at up to his standard, which is, um, which is a higher standard than anybody else even has for him. So uh, I, I don't think he's going anywhere, but it, there's the Taysom Hill problem the Saints are faced with now. Taysom Hill wants to be a, a franchise quarterback. And I get it. I'll never knock a guy for... For wanting to be to be great um listen all of us players are wired a little bit differently we we have to believe in ourselves like relentlessly because it is such a competitive sport you have a number of people who can't wait to tear you down the whole world's watching it's ultra competitive um so i don't blame Taysom hill for wanting to cash in on all that hard work at one time he was a quarterback every day at byu um Obviously, to date, he hasn't, I mean, he's thrown less than I thought even people realize. He's thrown 13 passes in the NFL. Now, of course, I don't want to bury the lead here. He said that if New Orleans, in effect, don't view me as a franchise quarterback, I'm out, and that's just is what it is, and that's a quote. 
sort of. It's like uh, not a direct quote, but it's something like that. Um, okay, well, Taysom, uh, I would argue that you are most you are most uh, effectively taken advantage of in in the uh, under the the watch of the 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 mad scientist, the offensive genius that is Sean Payton. Um, I think any quarterback that goes elsewhere is going to suffer relative to to their performance in New Orleans at this point. Um, let alone wondering if you're going to get the opportunity north of 30. You're turning 30 in August. He's thrown 13 passes, six to 13 for 119 and zero touchdowns. Another guy who probably wants to be a quarterback full time. And I hate to make light of this. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly I respect Taysom Hill as a player, and uh, and if he wants to be a quarterback, great. I just think it might be a little late in the game. But Mohamed Sanu, for instance, has thrown eight passes, seven of eight for two thirty-three and four touchdowns. Um, Taysom again, six thirteen, one nineteen, zero touchdowns. And you never know until he gets an opportunity. But with a with a quarterback free agency crop that's this deep, uh, uncharacteristically this deep, do you really think, um, you know? And you're looking at this over the next couple of years. You're do you think it's going to get any easier at 31 or 32 to carve your uh, to your role out as a uh, as a quarterback elsewhere or or with the Saints? I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's there, and I don't know what he's going to do, but um, you know, he's 30 in August. This is Taysom Hill, uh, and if you look at quarterbacks north of 30, um, there's only one quarterback in the history of the game who had fewer than 50 attempts in their 20s to have 100 plus in their 30s. And I know this guy, his name's Doug Peterson. That's it. He went three and 14. So the precedent is not there for quarterbacks who haven't thrown the ball a lot in their 20s to go out and, um, and impress in their 30s. No, offenses are different now. There's different things you can do. Um, the game has evolved, but I still don't think it happen- it's, it's happening. Uh, and that's no knock on Taysom. I think he's a tremendous football player. Uh, I don't know if he's a quarterback. Now, of course, you have the Florio tweet, which is like, you know, he's a sure thing. Uh, he, I don't know what Mike said, but it, it, was, it was like, you're an idiot if you don't go out and get Taysom and invest in him as a quarterback, something to that effect, which invited a bunch of uh, whataboutisms, uh, you know, as if, Lamar Jackson is in this conversation or is not, you know, like, well, that's not how you felt last year about Lamar Jackson. The media is now trying to make Taysom Hill a, a franchise quarterback. I, I haven't seen the media trying to do that. I certainly haven't seen the media. I saw Florio try to do that, but that's about it. Um, <clears throat> on the quarterback front, you also got Dak Prescott. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere unless he's just, his mind's made up to leave. Um, I think the Cowboys at the right price would be kind of dumb to move on for what like uh what are you going to do the window is open the window has been open for a few years you know you just bring in a new coach uh you bring in mccarthy you shake things up a little bit see what you got man this is your window is open um you can't start over and i heard a rumor about like brady down there i've heard brady everywhere so um I think you keep Prescott. I like Dak. Uh, I don't think he's like a top five quarterback, uh, but he's not a mid-tier quarterback. Um, And I think in the right offense, with the right talent around him, um, they can be pretty good next year. 
Of course, I was wrong, and I had to eat my, eat my words this year. I even wondered aloud if they would end up uh, representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. So I was wrong. Um, you know, there's Philip Rivers, obviously. Phil, the Chargers, 16 years, parting ways. Um, I like him in Carolina, honestly. Uh, you, you see Tepper talking, you know, new owner in, um, in Carolina talking about, well, we'll see what we do with Cam. You tell me if he's healthy. I don't know if he's healthy. Uh, when, when we know if he's healthy, we'll commit or we'll comment on his future. I think that's fair. Most people say that internally, but to come out and say that publicly, it's not like, it's not a good sign. Um, now, I think it's reasonable to see if he's healthy. I mean, he had a foot surgery uh, fairly recently that, that, you know, dragged out the entire year the injury did, and they tried to uh, fix it without surgery and, and then evidently had to go under the knife. So I, I think it's reasonable to see what you have I think if you're the Panthers um, and you do place Cam somewhere like a Chicago or an L.A. with the Chargers, I think he'd be a great fit in L.A. Anthony Lynn likes athletic quarterbacks, um, which is also another reason why you might wonder if Brady's headed down there or not. Um, I think that the opening in Carolina could be really a really nice last stop for uh, for Phil. Now, I don't know if they're of the mindset that you know, I saw somebody talking about Trevor Lawrence in a year. If you are the, if you're the Panthers, do you not go into tank mode, but do you, you don't try to squeak by and just make the playoffs or just miss the playoffs and be stuck in the middle of the draft with no quarterback. Uh, if you do bring in an older piece like a Phillip Rivers, you're kind of in limbo here. And you also have uh, the most electrifying all round running back in the game in Christian McCaffrey who, as you know, with backs, and he got a, uh, a lot of touches last year, uh, that window isn't forever. So, you know, you've got this, this generational-type talent. Um, you know, you might want to cash in on that while you can. You can never assume that running backs are going to be good uh, year in and year out. Um, they're in a tough spot. But if they do bring in Phil, I like that for Phil, close to uh, where he played his college ball at NC State, back east. Sure, the cost of living with all those children uh, is a little bit more agreeable to the Rivers family uh, in Charlotte rather than in LA and San Diego. So I think that'd be refreshing for him. Uh, I think he'd like that. There was a Stafford rumor, not a free agent, but that he was maybe going to get dealt. Uh, I was talking to my friend Rob Ninkovich, who had heard rumors, um, you know, ab above board rumors. These weren't like New England rumors that, you know, Stafford was gonna. Stafford was going to um, get dealt to the Patriots in the uh, the wake of Tom Brady's uh, absence, and that doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't because uh, of a couple reasons. Number one, well, Quinn's comments, which take that that for uh, those for what they're worth, uh, were that it's a hundred percent false that rumor that he's getting dealt. The most important part for me is that Quinn and, and Patricia were given one year by the Fords. Um, so unless you think you can win now with a Tua, um, good luck. I, you know, you want to keep that quarterback who was having a franchise year last year, uh, or a, a career year last year, that franchise quarterback uh, in Stafford who played so well uh, and has played really well in spots with not a lot of help, not a lot of 100-yard rushers, 
save for Calvin Johnson, not a lot of weapons. You know, Galladay kind of came on last year, was up at, up top in a lot of receiving categories for a long time. And, uh, you know, the Lions were yards per game before Stafford went out around week nine up towards the top of the league. Um, I think there's a lot wrong in Detroit, but honestly, um, I think it starts with the defense, and I, I don't think Stafford's part of the problem. And if you're Matt Patricia or, uh, or Quinn, you bring him back, you ride it out because they were given the uh, ultimatum, uh, playoffs or go home. Uh, so that and the fact they restructured his contract to make him really hard to trade. So I, I, don't, I don't buy that rumor. Uh, Amari Cooper, now this is, this is an interesting one. I have a great destination for Amari Cooper. And I played there. It's the, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Did you know the Eagles sent over an offer for, uh, for Cooper before he was traded uh, to the Cowboys? And I think they offered a second rounder. And this was right before the Eagles um, executed a trade for Golden Tate. And all Amari Cooper did was change everything in Dallas. Now, th there were some issues with his road splits. He has failed to show up in some big spots on the road. And generally, they're not like, they're not anomalies. Um, you know, the, the numbers have kind of held true. He's much better at home than on the road. And I don't know how you, how you figure that one out, but he also had a thousand yards last year with, uh, and, and had dealt with some injuries. Um, I think the big key here is with, with, with Coop and, and I think he's on the move because I don't think Dallas wants to pay him $20 million, which is what I believe it's going to take. I think there are cheaper options out there. Uh, and obviously, they wouldn't want to see him in, in midnight green, but man, that pairing, that pairing with uh, Carson Wentz and maybe a healthy Deshaun Jackson, uh, Alshon Jeffrey rounding back into form, that could be pretty scary. Now in Dallas, I, I think you can trade for Stephon Diggs. I, I love if I'm the Cowboys going to get Stephon Diggs, who I, who I think is, is terrific. Um, I think you thrive in Dallas too. Um, He's going to cost you 14, 15 million over the next couple of years. He's he's set in his contract is set right now. Um so you're saving, you know, 5 million dollars a year there if you if you make a move for for Diggs, you know, AJ Green who we're going to talk about in a minute here. Uh I don't know why Dallas wouldn't be on the list. You played in Cincinnati for your whole career. You know, not that either team has has enjoyed a lot of deep postseason success over the past decade, but market-wise, you know, if you've been yearning for more attention, um, which is natural if you've been playing somewhere bad for a long time, A.J. Green, Dallas, I like it, be a bargain, a uh, guy that wants to win now, and I think Dallas, uh, I'm not ready to give up on them yet, um, especially with new coaches. I know I mentioned that window's closing, you know, you've got some aging players, uh, but if you can get a discount wide receiver to pair with Gallup. Uh, you see how, you know, Jarwin continues to, uh, to progress uh, at wide out or at a tight end. You've got Zeke in the backfield. You've got that offensive line, which took a step back last year, but, um, you know, could get healthy, get right for a run. I think there are other op opportunities for them out there than, than paying Cooper 20 million, which I don't think they're going to do. Now, Chris Jones on the defensive side of the football. That's, that's a free agent that I think 
a lot hinges on for the Chiefs. Um, man, he was integral for them down the stretch. He was huge for them in the in the Titans game in the AFC Championship game. Uh, you know, he played in that first um, that first loss this year to the Titans and was dominant, just dominant. I don't think they're even close without him. And in that second game in the playoffs, uh, when there, there was a calf injury and you were wondering if he was going to play, he didn't start the game. Uh, then he trotted out there on like second down. And as soon as he's in, disruptive. And I'm like, ah, Chris Jones is kind of giving it a go. He's going to play, you know, a few plays today in spots. But, you know, when you got that calf injury, you want to stay warm. So, they they kind of knowing they had those two weeks after that if they won they they gave him more snaps than I would have thought I think he was up near thirty and he was dominant again and uh, and you know not statistically dominant in the Super Bowl but turn on the tape this fucking guy he's he's a game wrecker um, and he's going to be worth upwards of twenty two million a year uh, that's what Aaron Donald got twenty two and a half the market continues to um, progress and Chris Jones has had production 15 sacks a year before didn't go to a pro bowl but 15 sacks then last year I think he had nine uh defensive tackle position so Chris Jones is going to demand a lot of money and it's an interesting concept here you've got a guy who's in his contract year and won a Super Bowl so whoever gets him he's going to have one and he's going to have uh he's going to have hit the uh the lotto and uh, and he certainly deserves it. So, if you're a new team, you're banking on him continuing to be the same guy he's been, and not getting fat and happy. I love the way he plays. I think the Raiders, the Colts have been discussed a lot. Colts have a ton of cap space. We'll get to that in a second. The Raiders have been discussed. I mean, pairing him with Furl, um, Max uh, Max Crosby, uh, who I love, love, big kid. Met him at the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I thought we were kind of in the same category of WDs, white DNs. This kid's about a foot tall to me. His shoulders are about this wide. Uh, he's got an opportunity to be very good for a long time. And then you've got Hurst inside as well, the kid from Michigan who's flashed some really, uh, some really good tape. So if you placed, uh, you know, if you placed Chris Jones in Oakland, <laughs> Las Vegas. By the way, Chris Jones wears some terrific suits. I see Chris Jones, uh, I think uh, I follow him on Instagram. That guy is always dressed to the nines, getting on a team plane. I think his, his Vegas fit would be outrageous. Uh, and with that new contract, the suits can only get better. So I like Chris Jones in, in Las Vegas. I like him in India as well. Ton of cap room, again. And they need, they need rushers, and we'll get to that in a minute. Anthony Harris, undrafted free agent out of uh, Virginia. 28 years old now. That makes me feel old. Um, and, you know, he was on a one-year deal. He's a safety, by the way. If you don't watch football, he was the guy who led the league in picks, six, six picks, plays the run, uh, real rangy, obviously very disruptive, ball-hawking type guy in the past game paired with, uh, you know, their other safety there, uh, Ant or not Anthony, Harrison. Um, Pretty damn good pairing. And the Vikings will want to keep that together, but the Vikings have got to do a lot to stem the tide um, on this this possible mass exodus here. You've got Rhodes, Joseph, Griffin, Waynes could all be gone. And that includes Anthony Harris, who I think was the heart and soul of their defense. 
you know, he was he's he was on a one year, three three million and some change. He's going to make upward of fourteen this year, and that's what a lot of these top safeties are making, and that's what he is a top safety. Uh, and he's a guy that you got to consider if you're Anthony Harris, you're undrafted, you're coming off a one year deal for three million dollars, you're twenty eight, you're probably not going to get another big big payday. You're probably going to follow the money now. I don't know if uh, the Vikings are going to let him get there, but the Browns and the Eagles are on my list. You know, people talk about the Browns. Uh, they've got a good bit of cap move. They say that, cap cap uh, room. They say they want to be aggressive. Uh, the Eagles are an interesting one because you know there's a Jenkins contract situation that's looming. Uh, you've got Rodney McLeod there, another Virginia guy. Safety, you. Shout out to Juan Thornhill as well, also University of Virginia safety. Tremendous safeties. Tremendous. Um, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks in Philly. Uh, maybe Anthony Harris is a nice insurance policy as you monitor those situations. And I know Philly would love him, the type of guy he is. Um, but it's going to take money. It's going to take good money. And he deserves it. Uh, he should be making 14, 15, 15 million a year. AJ Green, we talked about him. Uh, you know, this is a tailor-made Pats guy. I went through this, okay? I, I wasn't quite as good as AJ, but, you know, I was a star on bad teams in a small market for a long time. Um, and I can only imagine for a wide receiver who's been in and out of the top five in the game, depending on who you ask, you've been playing in, in, in obscurity and you haven't been able to cash in like you want and this is a guy who's, who's what is he? He's got to be almost 30, if not 30. Um, he's probably thinking to himself, this is it. I, I need to put winning above all else. Uh, he's made money. Now, again, I, um, I don't know that he'll get there because Cincinnati might want to extend or franchise him. I don't know if he wants to be a one-franchise guy. That's important to some guys. You know, even having won Super Bowls, there was always a part of me that was like kind of sad that I couldn't be a one franchise guy. Uh, but that took care of itself with the Rams cutting me and moving to LA uh, and the two Super Bowls were nice. But AJ Green is thinking, uh, you know, I, I gotta win now. Um, and the Patriots would be perfect. And the, you know, I talked about this with Ninkovich the other day on the pod. You know, the Pats have been for a long time that destination where you can hitch your wagon to it. They're gonna be in that final four. They're going to be playing championship weekend. With or without Brady, I don't know if that's a foregone conclusion anymore. And if Brady's gone, obviously A.J. Green is not interested in going to New England. So, uh, you know, you could look at the Raiders. You could look at the Cowboys. Nate Burleson uh, of Good Morning Football said the Raiders, Dolphins, and the Pats are his favorite spots for A.J. If Tom stays, I like I like that New England situation. Uh, New England has been trying to put a Band-Aid on the wide receiver thing for, for a little bit now with, uh, you know, uh, uncharacteristically thirsty trade for Sanu. Um, you know, obviously Antonio Brown situation, they draft a first rounder uh, at wide receiver for the first time in a long time. Uh, so I, I could see AJ ending up in New England, especially if Tom stays there. Uh, Jameis Winston, forgot about him in the quarterback shuffle. He's not going anywhere, man. Like, listen, he's tantalizingly talented, and one thing coaches can't do, especially a quarterback whisperer like Bruce Arians, they can't resist the urge to fix somebody. 
speaking of fixing, his sight is fixed. LASIK surgery. Who knew? All the quarterbacks in the 60s, 70s, 80s that threw a bunch of picks, it could have been healed. It could have been fixed if the advent of LASIK surgery had happened decades ago. Who knows who would have risen to the top of their games? We'll never know. Uh, but Jameis Winston, with this new 2020 vision, the joke going around is he's going from 30 30, 30 picks, 30 touchdowns, first ever to do that to 2020 vision. So the vision should be fixed. You got another year with the, the QB whisperer, Bruce Arians. And, um, you know, the option that's being floated around is Bruce likes to, you know, he, he did it with Carson Palmer. He's going to bring Phillip Rivers over from the West Coast. And he may well do that, but I would think it would be unwise um, because if you're getting rid of Jameis Winston, it's not because he's not throwing the ball all over the yard or he doesn't have all the talent. You're doing it because he throws picks. And who has thrown the second most uh, picks in the last five years? That's Phillip Rivers behind Jameis Winston. So you'd be, you'd be subbing out a guy who's thrown a ton of picks for another guy that's thrown a ton of picks who's actually older uh, and maybe cheaper but I think what happens in Tampa is they franchise him or they sign him to like a two-year deal. They try to figure it out, see if they can win with this guy. Hey, 2,000-yard two, 2, receivers, um, it's a pretty good situation to be in. The defense is, is aggressive. They're building something there. Shaq Barrett's another one, but I don't think he's going to hit the market. Speaking of defensive ends and edge rushers, the market is pretty interesting. Uh, you've got Judon, you've got Barrett, you've got uh, Ngakwe. Those are all guys who will get tagged. Almost positive about that. So the class you're looking at now is uh, is Vic Beasley and, and Fowler. And Vic Beasley, who who um, who's incredibly gifted, and maybe um, you know a, a, a new a fresh start for him will yield some of the results that that you saw in that 16 sack year that looked like an anomaly to a lot of people. Uh, you know, considering his body of work. You know, Fowler, who's been, in my opinion, a very productive player. Um, a guy that I would take a flyer on for sure is going to demand a lot of money. He was he was disruptive last year. Um, I know the sack numbers haven't always been there, but he is very disruptive. He's a good football player uh, in the run game too. He's disruptive as well. Um, if you move him uh, and 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 have him playing to his strengths, which is his um, athleticism, uh, that's the class really. Beasley and Fowler, um, and so Clowney is entering that uh that that conversation saying you know i'm i'm the big dog um i can kind of get what i want and seattle's got 19 unrestricted free agents this year that includes uh jaron reed and Clowney. obviously you've got 70 million in cap space which is a lot um to try to get some deals done but a lot of that's going to get eaten up by the players you already have have on your team and uh Clowney has made it clear that he wants to play for a contender. Well, he's got one right there in Seattle. I think Seattle, for them to contend this year with the roster they had top to bottom was amazing because um, I didn't think they were that good. Now, he wasn't statistically any kind of beast. I mean, he only had 13 hits and three, uh, three sacks, which, uh, yeah, I get, that'll get you, you paid. It wouldn't have got me paid, but I don't look like Clowney. I mean, Clowney is uh, on... I mean, he's imposing, and he will wreck a game. Um, you know, he wrecked that San Francisco game very memorably for me, uh, watching that on TV. 
I mean, it was just every other play. And that's the type of guy you're getting. I mean, not all those plays showed up on the stat sheet, but he was dominant. And he's been dominant his whole career. Uh, you know, 32 sacks, not a big deal six, six years in. This guy's a lot more sacks. I know he's the first pick. Uh, but, man, he has uh, the market will tell you he's pretty damn good because the market is going gonna, is gonna to pay that guy. And, uh, and it should. But, again, Seattle would be a just fine destination for him. All, uh, all indications say that he liked it there. And he did come out and say he doesn't want to be on any sorry teams. That's a quote. Uh, no sorry teams are going to pay me a bunch of money that can't go to the Super Bowl. So I respect that. Uh, he wants to win. Barnwell's talking about the Ravens. Uh, that would be a no-brainer because the Ravens really needed to get better at, you know, rushing the passer last year. I thought all along one of their biggest weaknesses um, even if their their offense hadn't sputtered in the game against the Titans, was they couldn't generate uh, you know pressure without generating pressure, um, meaning you know four down or not going to get there save for Judon, um, who's not Clowney, who's a really good player, but he's not Clowney. Um, a lot of that is because Clowney is also very disruptive in the run game. You can move around, you can make him a floater, he can be off the ball, right end, left end, dipping under tackles, the whole nine. He's just very versatile. He's a Swiss Army knife. Um, but the Ravens could have used somebody like that. Uh, I think the Ravens would be a great destination for him, which would be a domino effect that would send Judon probably elsewhere, maybe to Seattle. Um, and, you know, you've got the Colts as well, who I think are going to be a contender because, you know what, I think they're going to figure out a way to get a quarterback there. Uh, you know, as much as I like Jacoby Brissett, and Jacoby, you know, has an opportunity to play in the league for a long time, I, I do think they want more out of that position, even though Indy fans have been relatively lucky to go from, you know, Manning to Luck, and then you know, Jacoby has not been a, a bad stopgap at all. Um, they can get better, uh, and I think they'll try to. Whether that's Philip Rivers, whether it's Brady, uh, whether it's trading up for a quarterback in the draft, um, the Colts have ninety-one million in cap space. And they've done a really good job of, of, of kind of hoarding that cap money, but they haven't been spending it. This would be a good offseason to do it. We talked about uh, Chris Jones as a possible uh, dude that might end up in Indy. How about Jadavian Clowney? Um, it's going to take a lot of money, and uh, he deserves it. He's been playing his ass off. So that's kind of my little roundup on the, on the free agents uh, that we kind of picked out of a hat. There's, there's obviously more of them. Uh, there's, there's a lot of relevant, uh, storylines with these guys. It should be as, as fun as any year, as any off season. And the NFL does a great job with this. They're really smart about the, the calendar. They keep enough things going. Like right now, before you look up, we're ready for the combine. Then it's free agency. Um, you know, then it's, you know, the draft, um, and then it's OTAs and minicamp. Like it was just yesterday. I was like, no football. Like what the, what am I going to talk about on the pod, NFL-wise? Well, now we've got all this stuff coming up, and um, should be a lot of fun. We'll see. So, again, you can check out my long shots on the Bet America app or uh, betamerica.com and uh, follow my lead at your own risk. And as always, bet responsibly. I know I do.